Hi, my name is Peter Salisbury. I'm the Senior Analyst for Yemen at the International Crisis Group, and I'm joined today by Christian Coates Ulrichsen, a fellow for the Middle East at Rice University's Baker Institute for Public Policy. Welcome, Christian. Hi, Peter. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too. Christian, you closely follow the politics of the Gulf Cooperation Council states, um, and, and recently we've, we've had a lot of news, lots of things going on that are in the public eye. And the question I had for you was, are we missing anything? Is there anything going on there beyond Israel-UAE normalization, Qatar-Saudi normalization, as it, as it were? What are we missing here that, that might be hidden under the surface? Well, between 2015 and about 2018, early 2019, we had a lot of alignment between Saudi Arabia and the UAE, and especially Mohammed bin Salman, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Zayed, Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi. We had the alignment on Qatar in 2017. We had them going into Yemen in 2015. We had very much those two figures trying to reshape regional politics around an exclusionary new axis. And as you say, the UAE has gone its own way in terms of normalizing with Israel. The Saudis um, went their own way to some extent by uh, mending relationships with Qatar in January 2021. We see Saudi Arabia and the UAE increasingly competing for financial and commercial services with Riyadh trying to become the new Dubai to some extent. So I think we're seeing some of these tensions that might new tensions might bubble up to the surface where we previously had that sort of rock solid Saudi Emirati alignment. And we also had uh, leadership changes in, in Kuwait and Oman in 2020 as well, just to add new figures into the mix too. Absolutely. And, and certainly in, in that, that divergence between the UAE and Saudi Arabia in, in my role as a, a Yemen watcher, or a Yemen researcher, where we saw alignments at the beginning of the, the war in Yemen, we've seen increasing divergence, first differences over who to support on the the ground. And latterly, the, the UAE, as of 2019, October 2019, I believe, saying that they're out of the war in Yemen, which they joined to support Saudi, Saudi Arabia, um, partly to improve their, their reputation in the United States, but also because the, the war, from their perspective, is, is no longer something that can be won militarily. Do you think that this is reflected in the, the relationship between those two big figures, not actually the heads of, of either states, Mohammed bin Salman and, and Mohammed bin, bin Zayed, Christian? Or do you think that this is something that, that comes naturally from, from just their differing visions on, on the, the region? Where do these, these differences or divergences stem from? Well, I certainly think that Mohammed bin Salman and Mohammed bin Zayed maybe aren't as close as they used to be. Mm. And partly, I think it reflects the fact that, as you said, they're neither of them heads of state, but they do have quite different trajectories. Mohammed bin Salman at some point will become king of Saudi Arabia. and He will look out for Saudi's interests first. Mm. And at some point, Saudi interests may well clash with, with UAE interests. And Mohammed bin Zayed is the crown prince of Abu Dhabi. And I think we already saw in 2019, as you said, in Yemen, and then in 2020 with normalization, Mohammed bin Zayed himself is putting UAE first by trying to create an image of distance from Saudi Arabia, especially with the Biden administration coming in and making it quite clear that US-Saudi relations, at least, would be quite uh, quite more, quite, quite different from under President Trump. So we, we're seeing both Mohammed bin Salman and Mohammed bin Zayed putting their own country interests first. And I think as national leaders, 
in waiting at least, that's what they're expected to do. And so I think that will be quite different from this next phase of kind of post kind of 2020 Gulf politics, post COVID especially, where competition mm. for resources, competition for sort of getting back on track may well be also something that factors into national level responses rather than this heavy regional cooperation that we saw in the mid 2010s. And do you think that in the future we'll, we'll look back on, on that cooperation as something that was natural and normal or, or a, a divergence from historical trend? A, a lot of people who are relatively new to the Gulf could be forgiven for assuming that the UAE and Saudi Arabia have always been natural bedfellows, but, but their, their relationship hasn't always actually been the, the closest and, and tightest. And for a period, it felt like what was really driving them together was this kind of shared worldview of MBS and, and MBZ or Z if you're in the United, United States. To what extent does this actually reflect just a return to the baseline, to the norm? Well, I definitely think it shows that alignments do shift over time. They're fluid. And mm. certainly before 2010, I would have said that the next big rift in the Gulf would have been between Saudi UAE. Uh, the Saudi, Saudis tried to stop UAE and Qatar from building a pipeline for gas in the 2000s. They did stop a bridge being built. Uh, Saudi UAE competed heavily for the central bank for a Gulf currency in 2009. There was a lot of acrimony when the UAE lost yeah. out. And of course, what brought them together in 2011 was the Arab Spring and the feeling in Riyadh and Abu Dhabi that the Qatari response was quite different to their own and that they had to work together to overcome it. Of course, it's now been a decade since the Arab mm -hmm. Spring. And Conditions clearly have moved on. So I think that is a temporary alignment and the next phase will be quite different. I think a reminder that regional developments may well drive that relationship, not just the, the leadership. Thanks so much, Christian. Thanks.